This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Hi, I just want to welcome everyone that's tuned into Radio K Pulpit. This is Alana Willifee with my program called Body Matters. I just want to wish you all a happy Easter. And I hope that you are really enjoying this long weekend and just spending time with friends and family and just remembering what Jesus did for us on the cross. So this is my message today. What did Jesus do for us? And I mean, if we think about John 3, 16, that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That is the gift that Jesus became the offering for us during this time, so that whoever believes in him will have everlasting life. So we can ask the question, why did God send his son? And I just want to jump into that today and and just explain what Easter is all about. You know, we've got so much to be thankful for. So why did God send his son, Jesus? You know, God sent his son, Jesus, to earth in a form of a man. And what was Jesus' assignment on earth? And I want to read to you, why did Jesus come? Why did God send Jesus? So if we read um, Isaiah 61, verse 1 to 3, it says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon us because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. Now, this is Jesus. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives, and to release from darkness those who are prisoners of the enemy, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, And bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So just think about that. God sent his son Jesus for us. He came to preach the gospel of the good news. He came to earth to represent his Father in heaven, to represent God to us. He came to demonstrate what the kingdom of heaven was like or is and to reestablish the kingdom of heaven on earth. In Luke 4, 34, it says, where Jesus says when he's on the earth, he says, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, for I was sent for this purpose. So why did Jesus come? He came to share the good news, the good news to us. And this weekend is all about the good news. You see, Jesus came to pay the price for our sins so that we may have everlasting life and be reconciled to God, therefore redeeming us from the punishment of judgment and the power of death. He died so that we could manifest the presence of God. 
you know, I just look at it in summary. If I just summarize everything, you know, why did God send his son, Jesus? You see, Jesus was sent to earth to redeem mankind from eternal death in hell. He also came to take away our sins, to restore and heal us from every demonic stronghold and onslaught from the enemy. He came to heal the sickness, to heal our sicknesses that the enemy has inflicted upon us so that we could be reinstated to our original design before the fall of man, so that we may have eternal life. He came to proclaim, as I said, the gospel of the good news of the kingdom of heaven and to establish heaven on earth through mankind, and to overcome the kingdom of darkness. And you know, it's only through Jesus that we have eternal life. So let's take a a short music break, and then we'll talk about the cross. What is the significance of the cross? I just want to welcome everyone back um, that's joined in right now. You with Alana Willifier. My program is called Body Matters. And yes, I'm talking about the good news, the good news of Easter. Why do we celebrate Easter? And I just want to repeat that scripture in John 3.16 that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, so whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So let's go back to the cross because this is what we are celebrating this weekend, the cross, what Jesus did on the cross for us. You know, at the age of 33, Jesus was baptized by his cousin, John the Baptist. We call him John and he was known as John the Baptist. You know, before Jesus was baptized, John was already proclaiming the coming of Jesus, the coming of the Holy Spirit. And in Matthew 3, 2, it says, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, when we look at the kingdom of God, you know, so many people when I ask them, where is the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom of God? And you know, the Bible says, the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Spirit. The kingdom of God is obtained in the spirit of God. So John was proclaiming that the kingdom of God was soon to be released. And after Jesus was baptized in water, the Holy Spirit, God's spirit descended upon Jesus and the spirit of the Lord was upon him as proclaimed in Isaiah 61, which I read earlier on. And after being baptized, Jesus being baptized by John in water, the Holy Spirit came upon him. You see, without the Spirit, the Spirit gives life. Um, You know, Jesus was just a man, but God's Spirit is a Spirit that cannot die. And you know that Jesus' ministry began only after he was baptized. And it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that he could do many signs and wonders, healing people, preaching the kingdom of God, and demonstrating what Father God was like. You know, we would have not known the character of God if if it wasn't for Jesus. Because Jesus says, so is he, so as 
so so as God was, so he represented God. You know that Satan was afraid of the authority that Jesus carried, and that is why he orchestrated the crucifixion of Jesus, which was all part of God's plan for our redemption. You know, when Jesus sat at the supper, the last supper with his disciples, that was before he was crucified. And I just want to read from Matthew 26, verse 26 to 29, which says, While they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat this. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given it to them, saying, This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. So what was Jesus saying when he sat with these disciples? He was saying, he was talking about the crucifixion. And, and I believe that the disciples didn't understand what was going on. But Jesus already said that he would give his body, his blood for us. You see, Jesus knew that he, that he had to die so that he would be the ultimate lamb for the forgiveness of sins. Now, some of you might be wondering, why the lamb? Why was Jesus called the ultimate lamb? But we're going to get to that now. But let me just read John one twenty nine. that says, The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. So why was Jesus the ultimate Lamb? You know, before Jesus died on the cross, those who were awaiting the Lord, waiting for the coming of the Messiah, they would sacrifice a lamb once a year at the temple for the forgiveness of their sins. So they had a ritual and their ritual was to um, sacrifice a lamb and that would be significant of cleansing themselves of all the sin that they have committed that year. And this was according to the law because before Jesus came as an ultimate sacrifice, you know, they lived according to the law. But now Jesus became the ultimate lamb. So Jesus, this is no more offering. There wasn't any more. They didn't have to offer anything anymore because he would sacrifice himself once and for all so that no more sacrifice were needed. Okay, so before Jesus came, they had to sacrifice a lamb once a year for the forgiveness of their sins. But when Jesus came, he was the ultimate lamb. And it was just a once off. And if we read in Hebrews 10, 8, um, 8 to 10, it says, Sacrifice and offerings, burnt offering of sin you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them, though they were offered in accordance with the law. Then Jesus says, Here I am to come to do your will. He set aside the first to establish the second. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. You know, Billy Graham once quoted, he says, But Jesus Christ came for one reason. 
and that is to become the final and complete sacrifice for our sins. When he died on the cross, all our sins were transferred to him, and he died in our place. No further sacrifices needed, because Christ gave his life for us. There's another scripture that just comes to mind where it says, there's no greater love than sacrificing your life for someone else. And that is what Jesus did for us. He paid the price for our sins and he overcame death. This means that if we accept Jesus into our lives, we will not die or go to hell, which would have been the punishment of our sins. You know, we would have gone, without Jesus, none of us would go to heaven. You know, we, we, none of us are good. The Bible says, in actual fact, we all fall short of the glory of God. You know, we don't deserve to go to heaven. It's only because of Jesus, because he came and he says, I will take the blame for all your punishment, for all your, sorry, I'll take the, the punishment for, for everything that you've committed. You know, he died for everyone. Jesus was God's gift to humanity, made available to those who choose him. You know, even though Jesus paid the price many, many years ago, it's still that gift is still available to us. It's a choice you and I have to receive Jesus or not to receive him. But there's consequences to it. You see, this gift is still available. The, the fact that you're still alive, the fact that you've got breath in you, the fact that you can still breathe means that you still have a chance to accept Jesus. The gift is still there. You see, God is a gentleman. He will never force us to take that gift. But you know what? He paid that gift. Um, he, he made a way for us. And if I read Romans 5, 8 to 9, it says, But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we now have been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? While we were still sinning, while we are still sinners, while many of us or many people haven't give their, given their lives to the Lord. He already made a way. And all it is is to accept him as Lord and Savior of our lives. You know, because of the blood of Jesus, we are justified. Romans 5, 9 says, Much more than having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through this or through him. Because of the blood, we are forgiven. In Ephesians 1 verse 7, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. You know, that is God's grace. You know, when Adam came, he, you know, Adam basically, you know, messed everything up for us. You know, it's because of one man's sin, we all had fallen into sin. But God came, Jesus came, he made a way. You see, when Jesus died on the cross, he overcame death. You know, three days after his crucifixion, he rose from the dead. You know, how many people or can you say has served a God that rose from the dead? Jesus is still alive today, seated at the right hand side of God. 
You see, the Spirit of God is alive. And when we choose Jesus Christ in our lives, His Spirit in us cannot die. It lives forever. And even though our bodies may die, the Spirit of God inside of us cannot die. And that is why it says He came to give us life in abundance because we have the Spirit of Christ in us. But let's read John 10.10. It says, The thief only comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus says, I came so that you may have life and have it in abundantly. That life is not only for eternity, but God wants to give you, um, he wants you to experience abundant life while you are on this earth. You see, without the spirit in us, God's spirit in us, that same spirit that raised God from the dead lives within us. And that spirit cannot die. But if you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, you cannot live. You cannot have abundant life. You see, it's only because of what Jesus did on the cross that the Holy Spirit is available to us. You know, John 14, 16 says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away... The helper will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. You see, Jesus paved the way so that we could be filled with the Spirit of God. You know, so many people believe in many different gods, but there's only one God that I know of that laid down his life for his creation because he loved them so much so that they may be redeemed from the punishment of sin and death. I don't know of any other God who died and rose from the dead after being crucified by many witnesses. I don't know of any God who raised people from the dead, who healed the sick and performed miracles. But Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour, And it's through the blood of Jesus, what he did on the cross, that we are made right and reconciled with Father God. You know, John 14, 16 says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And my question to you today is, will you choose life? Will you choose Jesus today. And I want to go on and and I want to talk about this gift of salvation. And when I went to go look, what does the word salvation mean? It says, preservation or deliverance from harm, ruin or loss. And that is in the Oxford Dictionary. And I want to read it again. Salvation means preservation or deliverance from harm, ruin or loss. You see, maybe you have already committed your life to Jesus, but you have drifted so far from him. Or maybe you have tried to work things out in your own strength, but nothing has worked out for you today. You know, today I just want to encourage you to give Jesus Christ a chance in your life. You don't have to um, 
to do anything. And you've got nothing to lose but just to accept him. You see, you and I were created for a purpose greater than ourselves. Everything about us has been predestined before the beginning of this world. You are uniquely created by the Lord, purposefully put together. There's no one on this earth that looks like you or me or has the same personality, the same gifts or talents that you and I have. You see, you have a special assignment on this earth that only you can fulfill. But it's only in Christ and with his help that we can accomplish our God-given purpose. And I want to read Ephesians 1, 11, which says, It is in Christ that we find out who we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ, he had his eye on us. He has designed us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose. He's working out in everything and everyone. Now, coming back to the gift of salvation, you know, once we receive Jesus, we start to understand the purpose, the identity that we have in Christ. You know, we were created from the beginning of this earth to be his children. We were not created to be orphan spirits. You know, when we don't belong to Christ, we have no covering or protection against the evil in this world. You know, when you don't have the spirit of God in you, you can't fight a spiritual battle. You know, the enemy is, 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 is we, we're fighting not against flesh and blood, but, but against the principalities of evil. And that's a, in the spiritual realm where the enemy comes to attack us. If we don't have the spirit of God in us, we cannot fight a spiritual battle. Only spirit can fight spirit. You know, in Ephesians 2, 2, it says, You followed the ways of the world and obeyed the devil. He rules this world and his spirit has power over everyone who doesn't obey God. Now, if you haven't given your life to the Lord, you are powerless against the enemy because you're flesh and blood and soul, but the enemy is spirit. You might say, you know what, you're a good person and you strive to do good. But the truth is, and I know many people get upset with me when I say this, but the truth is that good people don't go to heaven or belong to Jesus. It is only those who choose to become his children. You know, salvation is a choice. When we commit our lives to Jesus, he gives us that precious gift called the Holy Spirit. That is his spirit inside of us. You know, in the spiritual world, I believe the enemy, the demons, whatever, they can see the sp- who has the Spirit of God in them. It's only those that have the Spirit of God in, that, in them that belong to him. And we don't just live in, as I said, in a physical world, but a spiritual world. In the spirit world, there's a clear distinction between those who belong to Jesus and those who don't. You see, when God sent his son Jesus to the earth, it was to redeem us from sin and the power of Satan. The punishment for sin was death and, e- and eternity in hell. You know, Matthew twenty five forty one says, Then he will say to those on the left, 
Depart from ye, who are cursed into eternal fire, prepared for them, for the devil and his angels. And in Matthew thirteen twenty four it says, They will throw them into the blazing furnace, where there will be weeping and garnishing of teeth. You know, these passages that I've just read describes what hell and eternity looks like for those who do not choose Jesus Christ. You see, when Jesus died on the cross, he took all our sins from us and he put it upon himself so that we would not have to endure the punishment of eternal condemnation in hell. So he paid the price for everyone. But this is one, there's one requirement for him to take upon that punishment, and that is to receive the gift of being excused from this, the well, is, is to make Jesus Lord and God of your life. As I said, Jesus will never force anyone to commit their lives to him. But if you truly understood the sacrifice he made because of his love for us, who would not want to serve this living God? John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world as to give his only begotten Son so that whoever believes in him may not perish but have everlasting life. You see, would you sacrifice your child or your son for the sake of saving wicked people? Think about it. Would you give your son for those who are killing, murdering, whatever, whatever sin it is, sin is sin. You know, because that is what he has done for us. Jesus made a way for us while we were still sinners so that we could have a choice whether to choose him or not. So let us take a short music break and then we can continue with the gift of salvation. I just want to welcome everyone back. Um, you with Alain at Willyfear. My program is called Body Matters. And for those of you who are just tuned in and want to say Happy Easter, I'm talking about the message of the good news. Why do we celebrate Easter? What is Easter all about? And Easter is about the gift that Jesus Christ had given us. You know, the cross. What is the significance of the cross? And what is salvation? You see, the gift of salvation, that's what I'm talking about, is for everyone who chooses to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior in their lives. And you know what the sad part is? Unfortunately, some people will never choose to accept this gift and therefore are liable to pay the price of their own sins. You know, we have a Father in heaven, and we get, when we give our lives to Him, we are adopted in his family. Ephesians 1.5 says God decided in advance to adopt us into his family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. Why did Jesus Christ die on the cross? To reconcile us back to the Father, our Creator. And that is what it was supposed to be like from the beginning. This is what he wanted to do, and he gave, and it gave him great pleasure. You see, we are the children of the living God, and it gives God pleasure. God wants to fellowship with us. 
You know, God created us. He knows everything about you and me. He knows us from the beginning to the end. He created us for purpose. He created us because he loves us, as I said, for fellowship. And it says here again in Ephesians 1.15 that says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. You know, many of you might ask, but you don't know Jesus. How do, how do we, what is, what is the requirements to become a Christian? You know, so becoming a Christian firstly the requirements that we believe who Jesus says he is, to acknowledge him for what he's done on the cross. You know, God wants us to acknowledge him as Lord and God of everything, because it says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Secondly, we need to confess our sins to the Lord. Acknowledge that we are sinners. You know, when we confess our sins, we we acknowledge our mistakes. We we acknowledge that we are not perfect before the before the living God. And that is okay. And thirdly, we need to repent of our sins. You know, sometimes we confess our sins to one another, but we also need to repent of it to say, you know, Lord, I am sorry for what I've done. And you know what repentance is? Repentance means that we denounce our submission to the kingdom of darkness so that we can receive the Lord's forgiveness in our lives. You know that when we've got sin in our lives, the devil is called the accuser. And he will hold all our sins continuously before the Lord. And Jesus is our intercessor. And the minute that when we confess our sins and we say, yes, I failed, I've messed up. You know what? I have committed that crime. The minute we acknowledge that we are sinners and we say, God, forgive us. You know, the word says that God is faithful to forgive us our sins. And, and removes it from us as far as the east is from the west. And he remembers it no longer. You know, then the devil, which is called the accuser of the brethren, cannot hold that against us anymore. He's defeated. But as long as we don't confess our sins, as long as we don't acknowledge it, the devil will always have a hold over us. So repentance means that we denounce our submission to the kingdom of darkness. That's when we cut the hold that Satan has over us. And you know what? When we expose our sin to the light, you know, the devil cannot do anything about it because he only operates in darkness. Anyway, I've gone off track. So firstly, we need to believe who Jesus Christ is. We need to acknowledge him as Lord and God. We need to confess our sins to him. We need to repent of our sins and ask God to forgive us. As I said, he forgives us and remembers it no longer. And then fourthly, we need to choose Jesus to be Lord and Savior over our lives. And then we need to surrender our lives in his hands, allowing him to take over. You know, God can do more with our lives than what we can do with our own lives. You know, he knows the plan. He he created us for purpose. You know, he knows the purpose he created us for. 
he, he put our bodies together and sometimes I say, if God put your body together and made you, then he can fix you. He can heal you. You see, lastly, and I, and I believe that, that if we surrender, God can do what only he can do in our lives. And lastly, we should thank him that we belong to him. So let's read Romans 10, 9 to 10. This is if you, how do you give your life to the Lord? This is what I'm talking about. If we confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it's confessing with your mouth that you are saved. You know, it is as simple as that. It is confessing with your mouth. It's speaking it out loud, believing it. And that makes you in right standing with God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if you have not accepted Jesus in your life and you want to make him Lord and Savior, I ask that you choose today to allow him to be Lord and God over your life. This is what Easter is all about. Easter is the week and we, it's God's gift to you. It's God's gift. So just pray after me. Pray after me if you want to make Jesus, Lord and God, over your life. It says, Jesus, I acknowledge this day that you are the way, the truth, and the life. I come to you as a sinner. I ask that you forgive me of my sins and wash me clean with your blood. I invite you to be the Lord and God over my life. I surrender all I am into your hands. Thank you for what you did on the cross. I believe you are the Son of God. Fill me with your Holy Spirit today. Thank you that I belong to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've prayed this prayer, I believe that you are now a child of the living God. And remember, from today onwards, you are a new person in Christ Jesus. He has not only paid for your sins, but he's also given you a new beginning. And in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person. The past is forgotten and everything is new. This means that all your sins are forgiven and God is giving you a new slate. So if you prayed that prayer today, I just want to, to encourage you to share it with someone today because this is what God did this Easter weekend for you and for me. This is the price that he had paid for us. And I just want to also encourage you that, you know, this doesn't mean when you give your life to the Lord that, you know, you might not fall into sin again. But with God, we can walk at our salvation. He is the one that will bring healing, purification, and restoration in your life. 
And you know what? It doesn't take place overnight. It's work in progress. But God will never fail you. God will never fail you. The work that he's begun in you, he will bring to completion. You know, without God's help, without him, we can do absolutely nothing. In Philippians 2.13, it says, God is working in you, making you willing and able to obey him. You know, we can't work out our own salvation. We can do nothing to please God. You know, it's not about works. It's about believing in Jesus Christ. And the last scripture I just want to read, and I want to end off with this, is in Zechariah 4, 6, which says, Not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. It's only by the Spirit of God that we can do the works of the Lord. And that is to fully rely on His Holy Spirit. So I just want to encourage you, if you, as I said, if you've given your life to the Lord, uh, I just want to praise God. And, and I just want to end off with an, another short little prayer just to give thanks. Father God, we thank you for what you did on the cross this weekend. We thank you for shedding your blood, Lord Jesus. Thank you that you made a way for us, even though we are sinners. Um, even those who are out there, Father, you've given us the gift of salvation. Thank you for making that available to us. And Lord, I pray for every single person that is listening to my voice today. God, it doesn't matter where they are in their lives, Father. Thank you that you will never leave them nor forsake them. You will never fail them. Father, I pray that you'll draw them so near to you, that you will touch them again, Father, that you will just come and blow your life, your Holy Spirit back into their lives again. Revive them, Lord. Restore them. Heal them. Deliver them from destruction. Protect them, Father. Be with them in their need. Thank you for what you did, God. We give you all honor and glory in Jesus' name. So I hope this message has encouraged you. And I am looking forward to chatting to you again next Saturday at the same time. And have a wonderful, beautiful um, weekend, long weekend. And I'll see you next week again. Have a blessed week from me, Alana Willifu. Goodbye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.